Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to The Parented. Parental gripes are commonplace, but one of the issues that evokes the most grimacing, huffing, puffing and exasperation, in my household anyway, is homework. My children get home, they're tired at the end of the day, and the last thing they want to do is sit down and do more maths or English. But homework is a crucial part of the education system, in most schools anyway. So I thought I'd pick the brains of a teacher to ask why we have homework and what its purpose is, and how we as parents can best navigate it. So with me today, I've got my co-founder, Dr. Kiara Hunt. Welcome, Kiara. Thank you. And I've also got Iona Hewitt. She's a teacher and educational consultant and mother of three. So she really does see it from every point of view. Thank you for joining us today, Iona. Thank you so much for having me. So... Part of me really wonders why we even have homework. I mean, my children are seven and eight and they have a long enough day at school. Does 15 minutes of extra work done at home really make a difference? And what is the point of homework? I think if we look at what the real point is behind it, it's about that reinforcement of what they've been doing at school. It's about reviewing for them what they've gone over and then practicing it in a different environment. Um, It keeps parents involved so that you are going along that educational journey with them. So you know what they've been doing that week because it generally reflects whether they've been doing long multiplication or learning about the Egyptians. And it gives you a point to have a time to have that discussion with them on what they're doing. It encourages their independence so that they have to seek out the resources. So they know, do they need to go to the library to find books? Do they need to go online? Can you help them? Can they talk to a member of the family about something they're passionate about in order to feed into it? It does give them a bit of responsibility, especially as they get older, older, that they have to do it. You're not always going to be there to encourage them to do it. And so they have to get themselves a little bit organized in order to take that on. I mean, one of the things when I've sort of got a bit of, you know, I'm not going to do this homework is that I just say, right, well, then you explain to your teacher why you haven't done it. And actually, that's quite powerful nowadays. Definitely. I mean, I'll say as a caveat to all that, I do believe there shouldn't be too much homework. I mean, those points are all very important however as you say children have long exhausting very stimulating days at school and the ideal way to do homework is little and often it is to drip feed because if they come back it can be exhausting so if you can break it down that often makes a big difference because if they're sitting down after a long day they do not want to be concentrating for hours on end and is the idea Iona that 
they are supposed to sit down and do it by themselves and make the mistakes that they're going to make so that their teacher can see what mistakes they've made and help them with it at school? Or are you supposed to help them as their parents? I think it's really important to support them. If you can sit down with them, talk to your Every child has a preferred method. My eldest likes to be left to get on with it finish it and then come and talk to me about it my second one I've got to be honest can be a bit of a pickle about it and he wants to sit on my knee while I tickle his back while he does it <laughs> and to be honest that's the way it gets done it's 15 minutes at the end of the day and if he has to sit on my knee and I've learned that rather than having a debate about it to be honest I just tickle his back and he then just focuses and gets on with it I mean it's difficult because I've got two other ones running around at that minute but they know that they've got to leave me to get on with the back tickling and the homework is then done yeah. So it depends. Each child is really different. I think in terms of how much support you give them, I think you support, you don't do it. Mm. And what you can always do is either, if it's a sheet, you don't want to ruin it, put a post-it note in it. Tell your child what you're going to write and say, you know, you can say something like, they found number four quite hard and I did actually help them with that one. Or they wanted to complete it independently, so I've left it for you to see. But I think what's important is you're supporting them finishing it, producing something that looks good, that they're proud of, so it's neat. Um, and talking through it all with them, but not doing it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and what what if they're, so they often come with their weekend news or something or their bit of writing they've done and, you know, it's got lots of spelling mistakes in and for them to correct it, it's, there's a lot of crossing out, it makes a mess and they tend to get upset, well, at least mine get upset about it. Is it better just to let them make those spelling mistakes and, you know, sort of so that teacher can see it I think be really specific with your praise and say that is fantastic you've written four sentences I love the way you're writing independently because I'm an adult I do know there's two there's a couple of just spelling mistakes in there are you okay if we correct them together yeah and just pick up that don't go through it with a red pen because it's really disheartening for a child as a teacher you don't correct every little mistake you'll concentrate on one bit so if you can go through and just correct a couple of things together and then maybe they can change that but keep the essence of it there. But you can obviously polish it around the edges. Yeah. We okay. all know that children uh, can be very um, focused and convinced that they are right, especially when it comes to their parents. So, I mean, Iona was doing some sort of grid multiplication and she was doing it wrong and yet she was totally convinced she was doing it right and she refused to accept my correction. Mm-hmm. How, how much do you get involved then? Because I'm also aware that, you know, I was educated 30 years ago. The, ch- the, 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 the methods that I was taught probably vary slightly from the methods that my children are being taught. How, how can you support them with that when you come up against a bit of resistance or should you just say hand over to the teacher I think you're completely right in the fact that so many strategies have changed especially you know math things like long multiplication are now a lot of the you, you do different strategies in the lead up to them and they can be done differently and sometimes it can be, quite, can be quite tricky most teachers will put an example of a layout at the top and that's quite important if you find they're not you can always say to them please could you just put say I'm having a bit of resistance from my child, please, can you just put an example of how you would lay it out and set it out at the top so we can refer to it together? So it's not coming from you how you think it should be done. You can refer it back to how the teacher has laid it out. I think if it's something quite straightforward and you know you're doing it right, you say, I completely understand. Again, go with the praise. I like the way you've set it out. I, is it okay if I try and do it beside you and if I work it out? And will you tell me if I'm doing it right? And hopefully then if you do it beside me on a separate piece of paper, lay it out correctly and get the, a different answer that's really strange we've both got different answers is that you know what's happened here I did this did you and see if you can go on an educational journey together rather than come down with a, you're right 
you know, I'm right, sorry, go with it along the, let's work this out together. I am learning too with you. Because the last thing you need is a battle about another, you know, another battle about something that you don't particularly want to do anyway. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> and in terms of timing, like what's the best time to do homework? Is it kind of get it over with as soon as you get home from school or do you allow them to chill out for a bit for an hour? Is Do we know, like from a research point of view, if there is a kind of good time <laughs> to do homework? I think or that's really that's a real it's really child dependent yeah. um, and it depends how often your homework is being set as they get older they will be getting homework on a daily basis and therefore it will have to be done in that evening slot some parents prefer to do a sort of half an hour at the weekend I know quite often I'll let my husband off the washing up and he goes and sits <laughs> next door and does the homework straight after breakfast so it's done and you don't spend all weekend dreading it to a Sunday night I mean personally I wouldn't need them to a Sunday night um, I think in terms of during the, t- during the school day, it depends. If there's focus when they come home from school and you feel like it's a moment to grab the opportunity, then do. I quite often find their blood sugar is quite low and actually it's straight after tea. And again, it's almost a case of after tea, they've finished. Can you push everything to one side? And while they're still sitting there, just slide it and do it. And you've slightly got to ignore clearing up their dinner or whatever it is and just sit with them and do it quickly then it might be straight after bath time they're calmer I mean my middle one I do quite a lot with when he's in his pajamas he's quite calm then however with my teacher hat on just before bed they can be shattered Mm. so again it just depends when you feel you've got the calm calmest time and if you have other children when you can separate yourself a little bit from them because on one side they do need to learn to work with other distractions and diversions going on around them however if they do need help with something it's great if you can have the time to have that one-on-one time which is really difficult in a busy family home and in terms of environment so just making it quiet presumably I like sitting properly is important isn't it especially when it comes to writing definitely it's the way your chair you need your chair square to the table quite often schools have little rhymes that they say um making sure beforehand before I try and get them to sit down I keep a pot of really sharp pencils which I know sounds silly but if you're faffing around mm. at the beginning finding a sharp and finding a rubber and they are so good at just at dragging it out aren't they and um not wanting to sit down that if you can get them completely ready beforehand and you're literally like let's catch you and sit you down if they are um, resistant to it you can say right we're doing a set amount of time that no matter how far we've got through this in 10-15 minutes however long it is when you know show them on the clock when we get to this time we are stopping here okay so this is the amount of time we are going to be sitting for so off we go and sometimes uh, putting a stopwatch there that some definitely. children really like that they're like okay i know there's going to be 15 or minutes a giant egg timer yeah. for younger ones so they can literally see this is how long it's going to be yeah and then you can always revisit if it's a couple of nights later if they haven't quite finished it and from a teacher's perspective if if the homework's been set and they've said spend 15 minutes doing it if it's not finished in the 15 minutes is that fine if you say we've done this for 15 minutes but this is as far as he's got I think talk to your teacher about it. Yeah. I mean, I think probably if you can keep going and try and finish it, it would be great. But mm. if that's as far as they've got, then the teacher needs to know that because maybe mm. it wasn't quite the right level. Maybe they could do with a, just a tweak to their individual homework. Yeah. I found one of the hardest things with homework is that, and I'm going to sound like the worst mother on the planet, but I find it really boring sitting and watching my child struggle to do basic maths that I could do in two seconds. I know it sounds so horrific, but you know, and I, I sort of sit down and after a few minutes, and I think it's probably a symptom of our hyper-stimulated society, you know, that we never have any time off and I'm just sitting, drumming my, you know, fingers on the table going, oh my God, how much longer is this going to do? I could be doing the online shop. <laughs> and actually I found that I have more patience if I'm doing something, but it doesn't take up my whole focus so I've 
recently started doing a bit of embroidery and actually that's really good because I can sit and I can do something with my hands that's relatively sort of entertaining but I can also sit and chat and focus on what my children are doing and actually that makes the whole because they pick up if you're you know annoyed that you're sitting here having to do homework or you're and on your phone exactly you're bored yeah. you're they pick engaged, up on that yeah. don't they without a shadow of doubt I mean if you can tap into your inner blue peter presenter a little bit <laughs> and I know it's going to sound a bit fake but if you can turn around and say you know I've been excited about doing times tables with you all day and in fact I was talking to daddy last night about a bit of a new challenge I've thought of they will know straight away whereas if you're thinking I just quite want to get you to bed so I can have a glass of wine you know they will again they will which we're all guilty of which you know they will then pick up on it but if you can just put that enthusiasm in there and say oh do you know this is the most exciting science project I have ever seen I wish I'd had this let's have a real look at it I agree I mean I think if you can as you say screens away phone away Mm. not be hanging up I tried to hang up the washing at the weekend while one of them was doing it and they just want you with them and it just prolongs it if you're having to keep coming backwards and forwards Mm. I was like oh wait a minute I'm just hanging up the sock and now let's look at this whereas if I'd actually been sitting there it would have gone quicker. Mm. So it is that attention. But and if it's you want difficult. to sit there and do something like embroidery because you can't not do something else, then that is exactly. quite a good thing to do, or knitting, or exactly. colouring. Something that doesn't take any doodle, headspace. You know, there's doodle books, you know, or yeah. any of that is, is actually it's actually a really good idea. Mm. Um, and what does homework generally consist of? I mean, in the early years, it's kind of just Spelling, reading at so. home. starts off with just reading, doesn't it, when there's sort of reception... Definitely. I mean, I think there's sort of three things that because a lot of schools now have banned homework and then some schools have a small amount of homework and then some schools have more homework. And banned that, homework is in no homework at all. Yeah, and they've said no homework. Yeah. However, the schools I've come across that have done that generally still do want your child to read every night. And that, as you say, from the beginning, from reception, they will be sent home with a reading book and start with sometimes their books with no words. They just have the pictures to get you used to the act of reading. But without a shadow of a doubt, if you can read with your child every day, the whole way through primary school, it is the biggest support in terms of what you can do at home academically they can have. Because even as as they get bigger, you're talking about more in-depth issues within the book, plot and structure, language, alliteration, scene setting, whatever it is, you're helping them uh, recognize sentences that have been interestingly modeled you're pushing them to read different books that they might not always want to read there's just a lot of different things that go on with reading a book so yes the whole way through primary school and it gets harder as they get older because they don't particularly want you want to read out loud to you the whole time Mm. is it important that they keep doing that so you know my children are getting to a stage where they can read by themselves and they're enjoying books but they get a bit more resistant to wanting to read aloud to me should, should I be making sure they do that? I think you have to, it's one of those negotiations, isn't it? So if you say, right, obviously, in the next couple of nights, you want to read to yourself, but then in a couple of nights' time, can we sit down? I might choose a different book, so you, you can make sure that they have that breadth. You might choose an older book, um, something that you've enjoyed, so you have that shared experience of reading with them. And if you can get them to read as they get older, as they get towards 9, 10, and just every now and then read to you. But I would still be trying to do it a couple of times a week. Mm. And it can be any, it could be poetry, it could be I did a bit of war poetry with my son last week and you know it can be anything but just also it's the act of reading aloud which is so important for them to get used to doing Hey I'm Ryan Reynolds Recently I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation they said yes and then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two year contracts they said what the f*** are you talking about you insane Hollywood ass." 
So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. So reading, obviously, is, is, is one of the things. What else is broadly included in homework? I think mental math is a really important point and a lot of schools will bring it up and you will send you home different mental maths activities and games to do and a lot of people think of that just in terms of the times tables but for the younger years for reception that first year at school year one and year two so we're looking at key stage one that will include things like number bonds um, a number bond to 10 for example can be nine add one eight add two or 10 take away eight is two so ways of making different numbers that's really important in addition you have things like um, doubling and halving and those are number facts that they can really just pull out of their head if they know those really well it's incredibly helpful but how do you get them interested I think lots of physical hands-on resources at home you know so if you're doing it you do it in a practical way it might be they've got blocks and you say oh what's I've got 10 blocks here what's half of that it could be laying the table and you say oh I might put out two forks actually can you double the number of forks so it's just constantly drip feeding in those little mathematical activities into their lives the whole time and then as they go up through the school times tables are really important and they obviously need to just know them by heart they need to understand them as well so that seven times three is seven lots of three um, and that it is repeated addition but then in time they also just need to rote learn them and there's lots of different ways of coming to those you can have them on times table cds in the car you can often a good tip is if you write them in different color on different color bits of paper and stick them up in different places i remember i taught a child and i asked him what's seven times eight and i saw his eyes shoot up to the top left and he said oh it's 56 is that because you had it in your in your classroom and, there, and it was in his bedroom in his, so his I'd, bedroom. I'd done i talked to his parents and they'd mm. stuck it that one up there on the back of the loo door or wherever they are and that can really help. Would you change those week on week? As in, like, would you keep them up? Or if they're moving on to the next one, I'd say, will you take it down and put it up again? I think once they're secure, I'd do it then. And I'd probably try and alter it. So if you, I wouldn't always then stick them in the same place because that could be quite confusing. I'd mm. move them around the house, which I know can be a bit of a nightmare with blue tack. But yeah, I definitely would move them all over the place. Yeah. And then there's loads of them. I mean, some children have the sort of, um, you know, they find it quite difficult to learn numbers, just a random number as an answer to a time table, times table. So I've certainly found it quite helpful with my children. You can get some, um, like you say, visual ways of learning, but also stories. So if they like stories, there are stories around the different t- times tables, which can be really helpful. So we can put some resources, can't we, Marina? Yeah, at the end there's of the some podcast. such good apps and and kind of learning tools um, that are, we'll put a list and on And even them screens, the when they're little, um, you know, the uh, alpha, alpha blocks, and uh, for for for, um, for letters and then there's you know really good number ones too aren't there yeah definitely I mean if you can use them often as reward as well because children often do like screen time so maybe if you learn do some learning with them first and then they can have 
20 minutes on whatever it is afterwards on a screen doing their times tables that can be a really good way of reinforcing and a way of moving through it mm. definitely I mean I sometimes find if you have a times table fact of the day you can write it on the fridge it could be every time they get down from the table they have to re-say that times table and just really promoting it make it part of your language of the day mm. and then you if you focus on that times table with its corresponding division facts then once they're happy with it they can move through to the next one yeah and is it important, so I think it's just quite important, is it important to do the corresponding division at the same time as learning that tables? I think if it's being done at school. If it's if the times table's being brought in before the division facts, don't go racing ahead before they come onto it at school. Yeah. But if they're being brought in and you're being encouraged to by the teacher, then definitely because it it really encourages children to see the relationship, the inverse between the multiplication and the division. And is that the way schools always teach it now? I mean, I think when we when we were at school, it was very much learn your tables and then learn your divisions later. Whereas, is it all taught together nowadays? They're often introduced times tables first because it's an easier concept. Yeah. It's that repeated addition. You can do it with blocks or whatever it is, how yeah. many lots of something. But very quickly, they will bring in the corresponding division facts so that it is seen as a relationship. Mm. That's interesting. So we've got obviously the reading and then the the, the maths. Um, uh, what else is, is included in the homework generally? Spellings are a really important part. So from reception, children are quite often sent home with spellings. These will tend to either be high frequency words. So words that can't be decoded, that they can't sound out. So like said or because or people, which you just can't sound out. And they just need to know them. It's a bit like the times tables. Um, so they might be sent home alternatively they might send you home spellings around a spell uh, sound so you might have the long a so you might get train brain chain lots of words with that particular sound in it and then you can talk through that um and they can sort of start being able to apply that spelling pattern to different words as well mm. and there's lots of different ways to make that fun and a lot of schools go with a look, cover, write, check, which definitely has a place, you know, where you have to write them out each day, the spelling, and then you cover it and you try and check it afterwards. But if you can go with more interesting ways of doing it, for example, if you have a salt train, you mix some glitter into it and you could write it in there with your finger. You might keep a magnetic board in the back of the car with some letters in it so they can make it on the way home from school. Um, I roll a dice with them and each number means they have to write the word in a different way, whether it's rainbow writing put it in a silly sentence so you write each word each letter of a word in a different color okay and that can jog the visual memory or you do it each day of the week in a different color it's so good to do all those things it just makes it more fun you just need to make it enjoyable and not so much of a chore yeah and even when i mean i know you've got like a a nearly nine-year-old i mean i'm just not sure how successful that would be with my nearly nine-year-old he'd be like oh mommy really can't just write it out with my pencil and not have to faff around with all these different colors do you still find it engages them if they're happy just to write it out and that works for them then go with what works for them I mean if he's happy just to sit down and write them out and and that works brilliant go with it it's just if they need some more encouragement or they need it a bit more interesting and my nine-year-old spellings I find actually really quite hard you know I was asked how to spell occasion yesterday and I couldn't work double c's double s's (laughs) and I think that's really important to look at it together Mm. and say I said I honestly can't remember let's sit down let's look in a dictionary because it's really important not always to check you know to rely on the spell checker Mm. so it's great we got the dictionary out we went through the alphabet and I now hopefully can spell occasion. <laughs> <laughs> Ludo had chauffeur the other day. I was like, I'm not sure how relevant that word is in our language. <laughs> but I guess, you know, writing a story and uh, a chauffeur might be in it. Um, well, that sounds really interesting because also 
I think we typically regard homework as sit down and be bored by it. And the way you've described it, it's how to make it fun and how not necessarily, you know, that you have to do homework, not necessarily sitting down. It can be while you're driving or it can be while you're going for a walk or it can be while you're doing other sort of more active things. Definitely. If you have to write a story, if you can rehearse that story together beforehand, then it will give them the words, the structure, the sentences. So when they come to do it, it's already there in their head. And you do obviously then occasionally have projects um, that your your child brought, has brought home. I mean, Kiara and I have to tackle the the uh, Egypt Egypt, Egypt, Egypt. Pro- project, <laughs> which I'm sort of having to set a week aside to do. But I think that's the problem, isn't it? It's not my project. <laughs> exactly. And I'm afraid children get to school and they always sneak on their parents without a shadow of doubt. You say that's amazing, and they say, "Yes, mommy was up till midnight last night gluing on the final bits of the pyramid." <laughs> and they tell you, and weeks we get the children up in class to talk through what they've done and they often can't tell you and so it's it is quite amusing but I mean I think it's taking it back to what the point is of one of these sort of school home learning projects is that it is for you to have some quality time with your child doing something fun and educational but what that is led by the child you're there to provide the resources and the glue or whatever it is um, and to help them with the research but really it should be led by the child with you in a more supporting role and they often really enjoy it. It can be really good quality time and it doesn't have to be a, a complete work of art. And I think that's, that's the point, isn't it, with homework in general. Actually, if you make it fun, like you've said, and you really engage yourself, what you're doing is giving your child your time, which actually that's all our children want. So it could be fun. It's, to us, it's a chore, but it doesn't have to be for the children. I mean, you say, let it be led for your child. What if your child has, like, the worst idea ever? And you're like, I just... I just don't think it's going to work. <laughs> it's so difficult, isn't it, having that battle... I mean, when do you draw that line? Are you going to spend like two hours building something you know is not going to stay up? Or do you just say, listen, you've got to trust me here. We're going to have to do something different. Let's choose my idea. If you can (laughs) sort of skillfully redirect and say, I love your idea. I've come up with a couple of ideas too. Here's some photographs. Let's have a look and see what we think. (laughs) Or I guess every now and then, you know, you learn through your mistakes, don't you? And Maybe you just have to make that impossible structure. Well, then, and then it doesn't work. And then they're so upset that it hasn't worked. And then they're, you know, blame you because you couldn't help them properly. <laughs> and it may be redirection is the name of the game yeah. then. <laughs> we talked about sort of environment and how, um, you know, having a kind of quiet uh, space where they can focus is, is really important. Presumably too, and this is what talking to you really hammers home to me, is positivity from the parents is really important. And if you sort of start the homework going, oh, God, I know it's so boring, but we've got to do homework. That's probably not helping them very much, is it? Yes, and you can come across as a bit being a bit over the top. Um, but if you can say, I'm just so excited about doing this, your project kept me awake last night because I was really trying to decide how best to help you. Your times tables, I had a times table test with Daddy last night because I was so excited about this. Let's sit down, you know, here we go, this is exciting. And that enthusiasm will, will come across to them and they will want to do it. It's that one-on-one time with you, it's sitting down. If you can get rid of any other distractions, any phone, you can't be hanging up the washing when they're wanting to do it because your attention isn't really on them. You can obviously be sitting beside them, but if you can give them that attention, it will make it a much more enjoyable experience from their point of view. I often find as well a routine can really help. So if you know that certain days of the week you're going to be doing a bit, I'm afraid we do a bit on a Saturday morning straight after breakfast because our tummies are full, they're ready to go. They might go and do it with my husband and it just gets it done at the beginning of the weekend before the end of the weekend. So it's not that Sunday night and they just then, they know it's done and it's expected. It's not me springing it on them or if it's, 
during the week they know maybe it's straight after their tea so if they've eaten something again their sugar level is back up or if it's straight after bath time whenever it is but they know it's coming mm. and they're ready for it yeah and and I suppose it's also remembering that it's not all about the homework it's about the bigger picture and allowing them to feel good and positive and ready f- for their homework so they've got to be you know a good night's sleep they've got to eaten well they've got to not be anxious about it they've got to be happy in their environment and that's all so much more important than and not distracted yeah Mm. and just being really supportive about it so if they've got reading books that that you need to fill in making sure you are filling in their reading record or Mm. if you you know with homework you're making notes for them in it and it's like we were talking earlier you know with you know we did a podcast about starting school and it's about being organized and as a parent you have to be organized about the homework so if you have taken the time to see what their homework is which type of table they're learning which spellings then it's so much easier to incorporate that into the day the conversation the the you know the discussions you're having with them when you're not sitting down and doing it and physically just being organized making sure that any resources they need are there they've got four sharp pencils i mean one of mine has definitely attempted to you know snap the end of his pencil a few times to procrastinate and put off homework for a bit but if you've got four if you can just keep bringing out those sharp pencils <laughs> there's no putting it off you're right though and also using your environment I was in the car the other day with Ludo and we were talking about speeds and how you can judge speeds and so we started doing these sums whereby if you you know if you run one meter in one second how, what, how can you determine your speed from that and because we were in the car and he could see the speed limit uh, you know it, uh, on the signs it was something that was relevant in his mind and I suppose bringing those day-to-day activities into what they're learning really helps and contextualize what they're learning and, and then I suppose reiterate the importance of why they're learning it these aren't just pointless facts these are something that actually are really relevant in everyday life definitely I mean I think our environment is one of the biggest ways we learn isn't it what's going on all around us the whole time and they don't realize they're learning then as well it's a game it's more fun yeah like using money I mean they love that and that's a perfect way to be doing all their maths and tables I mean the concept of change is really hard so actually getting them to go to the shop pay with money and receive change back it can be really abstract and really important in the same way cooking is just vital if you can get them using liquids weighing out different amounts in the kitchen because when you come to teach about capacity and volume at school it's very very abstract and difficult if you don't actually really understand what is a kilogram how much liquid is in a litre and so cooking is really important too yeah what if your child is really resistant to homework what if you come you know you just have one of these children um, at whatever age and these do tend to be phases that just refuses to do it and it's a massive fuss and it's emotionally exhausting for you what's the best way to approach it I think going back to that positivity again being really cheerful this is a positive experience sitting down and then talking to them about why what is the problem what's bothering them is it that it's the wrong time of the week you know do you need to negotiate that it should be at a different time is it that they feel it's been going on for too long so maybe you need to put an exact amount of time apart uh, you know aside to do their homework so if it's gonna be 15 minutes show them how long it is whether it's with a giant egg timer or you've shown them on a clock um find out that if it's the right level and that you know if you feel consistently they're really finding it just too hard talk to the teacher you know teachers are setting this homework and want it to be positive want it to be a reinforcement and so go and have a you know chat with the teacher and say oh they are just finding this a bit tricky and then either you can get the feedback that actually maybe your child is being a bit of a pickle and doesn't want to do it and they can do it perfectly well at school or maybe it is just does need a bit of readjusting but with anything like this talk to the teacher because they are your first port of call 
And presumably, too, emphasizing any progress they're making is, you know, it's so rewarding to see progress in anything that sort of requires grit and determination. So I suppose emphasizing that. Definitely. If you can turn and say, you have, you are such a learner. Look at where you were last year. If you can pull out an old exercise book, say, your handwriting has changed. You didn't know your multiplication mm-hmm. tables last year. You couldn't do this. Look at what a learner you are. This is just such an exciting journey that we are on. And you are doing fantastically I think being really specific with your praise and really pointing out what they can do and as you said before you know how what they're doing now will fit into a context and how it will be useful in the future yeah how about bribery does that work (laughs) I I think it's difficult if you get into you know a, a real system of bribery over it I do think I mean you know I'm quite guilty of getting a hot chocolate out for them on a Saturday morning and they do it during that or you know, but once we've not, done you're not this, saying to them, I'm not going to give you hot chocolate if you don't no. do it. It's, that's a way of making it a more of an enjoyable experience and a bit exactly. of a treat. Exactly. Exactly. I don't tend to go with, I, I mean, bribery is a difficult one because we use, all use it so much in little ways, don't we, with <laughs> children. But if you can make it about the positivity of the learning, that actually it's for them. This is really exciting. This is for your learning journey. And, and almost the satisfaction of how well they're doing should be the reward, in an, obviously, in an ideal world. Or if you've got a star chart system going on, something like saying, you know, you get stars not just for doing the homework, but for being proactive about doing exactly. it. Exactly. It's the, down atti- it's the attitude, attitude for while you're doing the homework, yeah. isn't it? It's not the beautiful piece of learning at the end. It's the enthusiasm that goes with it and the, yeah, the desire to do it. And it sometimes goes with age. I just remember so- struggling with with my children when they were really young and almost too young to sort of see the point and maybe they're also more tired at the end of the day but I definitely noticed in the last year it's got a lot easier that they just get home from school and they sit down and they get their homework and I don't have to have that massive discussion about why we do homework that takes long than longer than the actual homework itself does mm. and so sometimes I suppose that does come with age. Definitely that maturity and that responsibility for them taking on some of their own learning themselves and that independence at home. And wanting to please their teachers at home exactly. at, at school themselves. Exactly, and valuing that relationship that that will be, you know, that will be important. Sometimes a bit of competitiveness starts to creep in, and they want to do well in that times tables test or whatever it is at school to be moved up the chart. And sometimes it's just the fact that the routine has finally worked, and it just all these things take time, and they're just used to the fact they come home, and that's what it's going to be. And because you've been wonderful with your boundaries and said this is, you know, just calmly, and it's trying to keep calm, you know, this is what's going to happen every day. You are going to do it for ten minutes at this moment. It finally, they just, they get used to it, don't they? Like brushing their teeth. Exactly. (laughs) I mean, I suppose too, though, it's that really important lesson that the more you apply yourself to something, the more effort you make, the better you will do and the easier it is. And ultimately, that is one of the most important lessons we can teach our children when it comes to really anything in life, not just education, that if you, you know, you're not going to do well unless you try hard. Mm. Yes, and that perseverance. Mm. I mean, we're trying to teach them to be resilient and that having to show it again and again I mean also the fact that they can teach you you know I do find sometimes if I act like I don't really understand what's going on which you know sometimes when they're difficult homework I don't always know what's going on <laughs> um but if you can say no actually I don't really understand will you explain this to me and that really helps them that deeper level of understanding for them having to explain to me what's going on um cause, you know if I don't understand what it is and I think the point with that as well is if you don't understand do go back to the teacher do you know, try and look at the homework earlier on in the week. So if there is an issue, you can find out how to set it out um, or ask the teacher to do a model at the top so you know how you're meant to be setting something out if that is a problem. Um, But yes, get them to talk about it to you and be the teacher because they often love that. 
I mean, almost you should pretend you don't understand yes. it so that they feel sort of powerful if they need a little boost. Definitely. And that's kind of the ultimate in terms of learning, isn't it? If they are able to teach it to someone else and they have a really firm grasp on that concept. Completely. It's that really deep understanding of being able to explain it to someone else. So homework, um, obviously we've kind of gone through what it involves and why it's important. I mean, there are countries that don't do homework there are schools in which there is no homework set I mean um, I was reading earlier that I think in in Finland um, they the schools don't set homework and there is definitely a school of thought that homework isn't necessary and it could potentially be harmful for children what what's your perspective on that I think reading is always going to be important I think those those sort of little areas we talked about reading a little bit of mental maths here and there and when I mean mental maths I don't mean sitting down and writing things out I mean application of mental maths at home and just practicing them and then maybe the odd spelling I can't I think those are all really important because during the school day there just isn't enough time for them to properly practice those and that reading one-on-one is just vital, not just to their reading, for their reading skills, but also for their writing. So for their vocabulary development there, and as they get older, their knowledge of plot and structure, setting the scene, language, alliteration, metaphors, whatever it is, they, they pick those up, they steal those from books. And that's brilliant that it's scaffolded through that. And so I think that's always going to be important. I mean, a bit of homework here and there. I don't I I don't think there's any harm in that and I completely respect different schools have different ways of doing it I think if you really feel that it's becoming oppressive and you feel it's damaging your child go and talk to the school damaging their view of school almost that they when they're coming home I mean I children should have the time to run outside and make dens and go to the playground and play with their siblings and all those things are so important so we need that time don't we to be bored in order to be truly creative however a little bit of homework shouldn't really interfere with those so I think it's about getting the right balance I think the balance is so important isn't it that's the it really is what it's all about there are some schools some families that put too much pressure on children after school and and you know have hours of homework after school and that's clearly not good for children but a little bit of reading a little bit of mental maths in a fun way and a little bit of spelling which shouldn't take more than 15-20 minutes max is is probably worthwhile I think I think is what you're saying exactly and then every now and then if you if your topic's been space and you have to write down 10 facts you know to share with your family about space or whatever your topic's been something like that it is nice because it keeps you involved with what your children are learning at school and it shouldn't be a big chore it should be hopefully quite an enjoyable experience so I think if you can as long as it's not too onerous if you can be enthusiastic and positive about it it shouldn't be too dreadful an experience it almost needs to be rebranded homework doesn't it homework work that you do at home when you're sort of meant to be having time off I, I think what you've shown us here is that actually this kind of learning support is more about contextualizing it doesn't need to be sitting in front of a table with no music on and having no fun it can actually be something that is quite fun and challenging and makes you understand why it's important in the world so definitely we've always called it home learning because it's just continuing that learning journey at home as opposed to work I think you're quite right well Iona thank you so much it's been so interesting to chat to you today um I definitely have a different perspective on on homework I'm about to go and pick up my children and I think I'll I'll definitely be a lot more positive (laughs) today today will be a good day for homework (laughs) tomorrow might not be
<laughs> we'll test it. But thank you so much. Um, you can follow Iona on Instagram. She's at Educate with Iona. Um, she does a lot of workshops which are there to sort of support uh, parents in supporting their children's learning. Um, so you can find out a bit more about what she does. And also her Instagram feed is packed with lots of fun little games and tips just to put you in a better place to support your child's learning. So thanks so much. It's been so interesting. Really, really enjoyed it. Thank, thank you. you for having me. Um, and thank you for downloading another episode of The Parenthood. Please continue to get in touch with us if there's anything specific you'd like to talk about. Um, some of our most interesting podcasts, I think, are born out of our listeners' requests. So please don't hold back. Um, you can email us with info at thebumpclass.com or you can follow us on Instagram at theparent.hood. And don't forget to sc- subscribe, rate and review The Parenthood wherever you get your podcasts. It, gets, it makes it easier for people to find us. But in the meantime, thanks for listening. And from Iona, Kiara and me, goodbye. Goodbye. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.